0: We all have
1: influence over ourselves, our family, our teams at work, our ch- and church, our organizations, our communities. But how often do you reflect on what kind of a leader you really are? How often do you look at how often do you look to see if you're a leader worth following? How often do you look at yourself to see if you're a leader worth duplicating? Today we have Jeremy Kubitschek from Giant Worldwide, and he's joining us to talk about his latest book that he's written alongside Steve Cockrum, The 100X Leader, How to Become Someone Worth Following. Jeremy, welcome back to I Work For Him.
2: Oh, so good to be with you guys. You guys are so encouraging.
1: Jeremy, let's just start. We want to talk about your book, your brand new book, Becoming a 100X Leader, but I want to start with this question. At what point in time in your life did you realize that God cared as much about your work-building leaders as as he did with the ministry, that of a pastor or missionary. At what point in time did you realize your work mattered to God?
2: Well, I think from the... Honestly, when I was uh, being apprenticed at 21 years old, when I had a professor by the name of John and said, you know, Jeremy, you're you're uh, you're a minister no matter what you do, um, so use business as your platform for ministry. And it was like, you mean I can? Wow. Like, using business as a platform to impact people. So I... I created this uh, tagline uh, for myself basically let the world fund me to influence it and that was kind of the focal point like Mm -hmm. how do I create something that was so good that the world would fund it and that that would allow me to influence uh, the world.
1: So if I understand you correctly so as our listeners are listening and trying to wrap their head around that you it's kind of twofold in that you're helping organizations lead their people, helping them with content for that, but you also help other coaches be able to do the same thing?
2: That's right. Yeah. We basically created a system. We said, we're going to have any competitors. In fact, we're going to build a platform that everyone can learn. Most organizations don't know how to multiply. Most people don't know how to multiply. So the whole idea of 100X means getting people 100% healthy and then teaching them to multiply. So, in the vernacular, from a um, from our perspective, it would be a discipleship. So, how do you actually disciple people in the workplace? And I don't mean disciple people. I mean, I don't mean from a from a church perspective. I mean, like, how do you multiply? Mm-hmm. So, the idea would be how do you scale and multiply healthy leaders to affect the subcultures inside companies? So, we created a system for that called the 100x system, which is a combination of giant TV, the platform and certifications where people learn how to do this. And then uh, we allow that any company can use it or any coach, consultant, anyone who's in the space who wants to learn how to do this, we certify them to use the system inside their companies as well.
1: You chose (laughs) to draw a comparison between a 100X leader and the Sherpa, the guys that help people climb the Himalayas. Why that comparison?
2: Yeah. And just to clarify so that people, if they're checking it out, the book's called the 100x leader and becoming someone uh, worth following. I so apologize. Idea, Thank you for clarifying. Okay. No, I just want to make sure if people are looking, it's the 100x leader. But yeah. the idea, we use Mount Everest as our main, um, focal point, the metaphor. And on the metaphor, if you think about Mount Everest, people think about climbing Mount Everest. The reality is that no one has ever been able to climb Mount Everest without a Sherpa. I think that's really interesting. Like zero, not one person has been able to climb it without the sherpa. Uh, they needed someone to uh, help them with ladders and ropes and oxygen and uh, even even the the very first person to climb Mount Everest had a sherpa uh, with him. And so, um, the sherpa have a genetic predisposition. To be able to handle higher altitudes because they were born at 14,000 feet, so their their lung capacity and their brains can handle the altitude. And so, what most leadership books are about are about the 100. How do you become healthy? How do you become a high performer? How do you be you know? And so, you picture on um, if you, if you picture climbing um, Mount Everest, you see the picture of someone getting to the summit. And, uh, so they're, they're climbing and they get to the top and they put their hands up. And so if you think, if you think of that, you go, that's actually high performance. That's not a, that's not leadership. Leadership is actually the Sherpa because the Sherpa is not, they're not thinking about how many times they've summited. They're thinking about how many times they've helped someone else summit. And it's a different mindset. And so it means that you have to be healthy enough to do your job. But then you also have to be acclimate and know how to help other people do their job as well. So, and if, that combination is unique.
1: But if a Sherpa decides he's going to climb Mount Everest, does he need help? I mean, I, I mean, here's the question I got. I mean, if the Sherpa, <laughs> yeah, of
2: course, oh, uh, of course, he's going to need it. You don't climb alone, and that's the aha. You don't. No one climbs alone. Um, Jesus, didn't. I mean, he had he had he didn't climb alone. If you look at his relationship to his father and his relationship to his disciples. So the idea is the camaraderie. And and, and so what we've done is we've basically given given tools. So the tool, the main tool of the Sherpa is this. Does the person that you're leading know that you're fighting for their highest possible good?
1: Say that Uh, again. Say that again very slowly.
2: does, Does the person that you're leading know that you're fighting for their highest possible good? Do they think that you're for them or do they see that you're for yourself or against them? And so then in essence, uh, if I'm, let's say Jim, you, we work together. If, if you're, if I'm, uh, leading you, I'm fighting for your highest possible good. That means I'm always looking, do you need support? Where do you need your support and where do you need challenge? And I'm going to, um, I'm going to calibrate support and challenge. So if I, if I have high support, it means I'm equipping you, resourcing you. Then I'm bringing challenge, which then really, really makes, gets you up to the next level. So a Sherpa is always going ahead of the climber and they're setting the ropes and they're supporting getting ladders. Then they come behind that climber and they're pushing them to that next level. I think that's the heart of what Jesus was saying to the Pharisees. Hey guys, don't don't judge other people until you've looked in the mirror and get your plank out of your own eye, right? So the idea was work on yourself. So know yourself so you can lead yourself because when you don't lead yourself but then you lead other people, by telling them what to do, or, or in judgment, or whatever, you disqualify yourself. You create a credibility gap or an integrity gap. And so, what we've done in the book is we've taken the first third is on leaders, the second on team, and then a culture. And we've shown leaders to first know themselves to lead themselves, hmm. because I don't want to follow someone who's not healthy. Right? And it's a disaster if, if you if you're a believer. And we know so many believers who are not healthy and uh they haven't taken the time they usually stay on scriptures or principles or things they've heard from a pastor and they use that in words and language but they're not living it so therefore they discredit themselves they lose their influence and it's simply because they're not, they're not they don't really know themselves and they don't have the tools to lead themselves
1: jeremy one of the things i, I loved You really dig deep into – this is what I I interpret it. As I read it, I've read about resilience in a leader because resilience is something – when I started studying, like, ooh, I have resilience issues. But you call it inhibition and prohibition. You state that those are two things that really get in the way of somebody becoming a 100X leader. Why?
2: Well, if you think about climbing a mountain, which is the metaphor and what we we shared, um, here's what's going to keep you from climbing. Uh, Other than just accidental leadership, other than maybe a little laziness, to go if I'm really really want to be someone worth following then I'm gonna have to get real with fear and I'm gonna have to get real with um the fear of climbing and so oftentimes uh I hear we hear this a lot of the prohibition of like yeah you know they won't let us or we were told we can't and so there's a lot of they and we Hmm. that exists in language that just like who is they and who are the people telling you you can't do this and so What we're doing is we're getting the people to think, why wouldn't you climb? What's going to keep you from getting to the next level or really learning how to be a Sherpa? And if you understand that you really have very few prohibitions, there's very, very few things in our life that tell us that we can't. Most of our supposed prohibitions are actually inhibition. Prohibitions when someone tells us we can't. Inhibition is when we tell ourselves we can't.
1: Mm-hmm. Which, do you find, of, which do you find that leaders struggle with the most, inhibition or prohibition?
2: Oh, oh, inhibition for sure. That's what I'm saying. There's so much uh, inhibition, but it's masked as prohibition. Uh, uh, yeah, they they told us we can't. Well, actually, I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of looking weak. I'm afraid I don't know what to do. I'm afraid. So that fear, it's much easier to to um, feign prohibition than to admit inhibition. Well, inhibitions – yeah, good.
1: Well, I was just saying, but fear is one of those tools of the enemy. I mean, that's not a tool of God. That's a tool of the enemy. Why does the enemy want to keep people from becoming 100x leaders? I mean, what does he have against leadership?
2: (laughs) Well, because the good leaders uh, heal, cast out, and raise up. Uh, A Jesus leader um, heals, casts out, and raise up. So the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So at all times he's trying to take us out, and so that we wouldn't be uh, building. Uh, we have a tool that, that one of the phrases we use is the job of a hundred X leader is to call people up, not out. Well, the enemy yeah. likes to call people out. Yeah. When I call, when I call it, when most leaders, a lot of leaders will call people out, and they don't realize they have an opp- opportunity to call someone up. So if I called someone up, I'm basically saying, hey, look, this is who you are. Why why, are, why is this happening? And I allow you to recognize who you are and make the adjustment versus if I just call people out, it feels like shame, judgment, um, kind of, um, you know, subjective. And so at all times, anytime that happens, then defensiveness rises up. So when I call people up, if a hundred X leader calls someone up, then they give the opportunity that person an opportunity to actually change themselves. So those are examples of what Jesus did all the time. Uh, there's only the p- people he called out were typically the religious leaders, um, which hold a whole different
1: subject. But. Yeah. Yeah. A subject that would take a whole nother series of shows for sure. So one of the questions I have just in, in expanding on this conversation about fear, I think a lot of people look at leaders as, as not, they hide their fear. They're fearless. You know, they're fearless. They're, you know, so are you actually um, encouraging leaders to, to to really be truthful with themselves and to discover where the, where they have fears?
2: Yeah, well, most people, and the, the whole entire book, you guys, is about multiplication. Mm-hmm. So we're saying, look, you have to first be 100. Well, that's only the first third. The second, uh, the back end of the book is about how, So say, okay, great, you've climbed the mountain. You haven't been afraid to climb the mountain. So let's say all all of us went and we climbed Mount Everest. We get to the top like, yes, awesome. Then we get back to base camp, and then I said to you guys, okay, guys, good job. Now in three days, I want you to rest up. In three days, I want you to take these three people up the mountain. You're going to have three each. Well, it's a completely different game to take three people up the mountain because that means you have to climb it, and help someone else climb at the mm. same time. That is leadership. That's what the entire book is about. What most leadership books are about, what most people talk about, is you getting to the top. Yeah, great. That's called high performance. That's not called leadership.
1: You've been listening to I Work for Him with your hosts Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I work, I work for him. him.
0: Thank you for listening to the I Work for Him Power Pod with your hosts Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more?